work at Kehi matters, not only to impact the lives of our retail partners and suppliers, but to make a difference in our families, our communities, and even the world. Hello, my name is Adrienne Binder, and I'm your host for Fruit of Your Labor, a Kehi podcast. We aspire to update you on what's happening at Kehi and inspire you with the amazing stories of how you are working to make lives better. Enjoy the episode. January is Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Our Kehi Cares Foundation is directly involved with organizations that work to help those who have been exploited by trafficking. Today, we have the privilege of talking with Simone Halpin of Naomi's House, a Kehi Cares partner located in Wheaton, Illinois, to learn about her organization's mission and how they are helping women who have suffered from trafficking in the greater Chicago area work through the trauma of their past and build a healthy future on their own terms. Simone, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much, Adrian. Simone, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Naomi's House? Absolutely. So I am the co-founder and executive director of Naomi's House. We launched in 2016, so we are coming up on seven years of services. But even before we opened the doors of our first program in 2016, it took about four years to even build the program and prepare to fund the program and launch a nonprofit organization. So we're looking at 10 years of working and preparing this organization to serve survivors of human trafficking. Can you explain a little bit about the overall mission of Naomi's House? Absolutely. So we are an organization that walks alongside survivors of commercial sexual exploitation. And the way we do that is in three different programs that we offer throughout the Chicagoland area. We have a residential program, which is called Reside. And that is where women can live in our home for up to two years. And she completely has every resource to start a new life and to heal from her traumatic past. We also have a day program, which is called Rise. And that's based in downtown Wheaton. And that is a comprehensive program, again, trauma-informed that provides every resource a woman needs to restart her life life after sexual exploitation. And then we have two drop-in centers and those are called Reset. And one's located downtown Chicago. The other one is downtown Elgin. And both of those programs offer women emergency resources, kind of low barrier resources that help provide what she needs as she's considering leaving a life of exploitation and gives her some tangible things that make that journey exiting the life of human trafficking a little bit easier. Since 2016, we've grown to what we are today, which we served 194 women in 2023 throughout the Chicagoland area. When we think about human trafficking, a lot of times we think this happens somewhere else, not in the United States. You know, it happens in other countries on other continents, but it doesn't happen here. But you just mentioned Chicago. You mentioned Elgin and Wheaton that are two suburbs of Chicago. That means it's happening here. And you mentioned, you know, 190 women that you helped in one year. Are there any statistics that you can share with us that really demonstrate how prevalent this is in the United States? Just in Illinois alone, it's estimated 24,300 women and girls are sexually trafficked or exploited every year. 
And then it's estimated as you zoom out, hundreds of thousands of women and girls are sexually exploited throughout the US. So it is a incredible problem. And then what adds to the layer of complexity of this issue is that there are very limited resources available for women who are coming out of this life, who need everything to start over, to land back on her feet and build a future again, heal from the trauma that she's suffered and endured for sometimes decades. We have learned that because of trauma, women really suffer from being able to dream about what their future could look like after leaving the life. 85% of the women that we serve at Naomi's house have suffered from some sort of sexual abuse and close to 90% of women want to leave the life. However, they can't envision what life would look like without the relationship they have with their trafficker in a way to make a sustainable and living wage to live outside of the ring of human trafficking and how it's in their mind provided for everything they've needed up to that point. What made you decide to get involved with helping women who have suffered from human trafficking that cannot be something easy to do on a daily basis? Yeah, no, I really appreciate that question. You know, we can rattle off statistics all day long. There's tens of thousands of women who are being exploited in the Chicagoland area and beyond. There is lack of resources available for women who've been exploited. There's very few places that women can go where they will receive the resources that we offer at Naomi's house. Again, trauma-informed therapy and resources, comprehensive programming that addresses every part of her being, her emotional, her spiritual, her physical being. We address her education, help her find employment. We do family therapy. We do play therapy for children. We do everything we can to help rebuild her family and provide avenues for the family unit to come back together and restore. We literally do it all. There isn't any resource or program that we haven't been able to provide for every woman that we've served in the last seven years. So that's amazing. We're very proud of that work. The statistics feel like a punch to the gut. It's just so overwhelming and hard to think about what women go through. Working with the population that's been through such trauma is often difficult and it can provide some very long and difficult days. The reason that I'm involved, the reason that our team continues to be involved is because every single woman that has been commercially sexually exploited and trafficked deserves a new start. There's nothing that she did to deserve what she's experienced and what she's gone through. And so every single woman that we have the honor and the privilege to serve and to walk alongside, get to know as a human, get to know as a woman, get to know as a mom. So many women that we serve become friends of mine that, you know, we try to do life together. I mean, every single one of them is worthy of a new start. And so we're just dedicated to provide that for her, whatever it takes to give her what she needs in order to heal from her past and be able to dream about her future again, which is a very commonality when it comes to people who have suffered from such traumas, specifically violent and sexual trauma that women experience through trafficking. They're stuck in their past and the trauma keeps their brains and their memories locked in the past. And it truly keeps them from being able to dream about what their future could look like and even to be present in their everyday lives so that they can live a healthy life. They can live a productive life. They can live a life that we believe that God has intended for them. So meeting each one of these women, walking alongside of them, getting to know who they are, the way that God has created them, what they would like for their future. Those are the reasons I'm involved. Those are the reasons that our staff's involved. I am a better person because of the women that I have met and the life change I have seen and the transformation I have witnessed take place in the lives of the women we've served the last seven years. Our whole entire community is better because of women who have gone through a program and have been able to land on their two feet again and dream about their futures. 
You mentioned the life-changing transformation that these women go through because of what Naomi's house offers to help them through their trauma. Can you provide an example maybe of some of these impactful transformations that have happened to kind of give our employees a better understanding of what happens through this process? Sure. So many stories. One that comes to mind is a woman who we served. She's graduated from our programming. She was trafficked by her family, which is so hard to wrap your mind around. Unfortunately, it's also not uncommon. It happens frequently with women we serve where it's called familial trafficking. Parents are selling their children, teenage girls for the purpose of profit to make money. And this happened to this young woman as early as eight or nine years old. Her whole developmental upbringing as a young adolescent and a teenager, she had such a misunderstanding of the use of her body and the purpose for sex. And she really suffered all throughout her adolescence and teenage years through trafficking and because of sexual abuse. And so when she was finally out of her home and alone away from the abusive people in her life, she suffered from homelessness for many years, which led to addiction, which was part of her process of coping and dealing with the pain that she had endured word for so long. She eventually ended up in an apartment on her own and she was living off of disability from government subsidies. And her trauma had a tighter grip on her than anything else that she had endured. She suffered from PTSD. She had a very difficult time being close to other people. Relationships were just so broken and skewed to her. She didn't know who she could trust. She didn't know if she had a good friend or was in any sort of friendship or relationship, what that looked like from a healthy perspective. She only knew abuse. And so she was really isolated and alone. And it's so many layers of God's miraculous hand in her life that she heard about Naomi's house. It was somebody who attends a church in the city of Chicago who heard about us. And this woman thought of our graduate and thought she needs to move to Chicago. She was out of state and I'm going to help her, the girl at church, thought I'm going to help the girl who was suffering find a way to get to Naomi's house and go through this program. And so that is what happened. We were able to help provide a way for her to move here and move into our program it took her a few months to agree to come because she was really afraid of moving. She was afraid of living in a community home. She was afraid of if she even attempted to unlock her past and heal from it, what it would do to her. It's almost, it is reliving traumatic experiences all over again as you embrace healing. So it takes a lot of courage to go through any type of healing journey, but she chose to do it for herself. She knew the Lord. And so she was anxious and eager to restore her relationship with God. And as she moved in. And as she went through the program, there were moments where we would find her locked in her closet. Now she's an adult woman, but when she would go through some of her experiences in terms of trying to heal and ask God where he was during her abusive situations and trust that he still cared for her and loved her and had a future for her as she's going through these complex layers of healing, a lot of times it would bring her right back as a child. So an adult woman reverting back to childlike behaviors and hiding in her closet because it just felt too overwhelming for her at times. Those were some of the examples of just how difficult it was for her to heal. And this was during COVID. So her time at Naomi's house and our residential program was even longer than typical. And she was with us for just over two years. Then she moved into our independent living program, shoot of our day program, where she continued to get resources. And she did that for another year. And now she's on her own. 
She has a full-time job. She has a community around her of safe people with authentic and healthy relationships. She was just recently baptized at her church and she just contributes so much, not only to church and to the community, but she has helped us form ideas and policies and ways to do better programming. She's healthy again, and she's able to pay her own bills and go to work and she has a car payment and she's living her life. So that's just one story of many of what we see, but she's a friend of mine. I mean, she's just one of my favorite people as I've watched her just heal and become this incredible version of herself. That's such an amazing story. Sitting here listening to it, I can't even fathom what she's been through as you you know, described that. And then to have the courage to go and get help and relive that trauma again. I mean, that had to be so incredibly difficult. And she's so lucky to you know, have you in Naomi's house to be able to help her through that. For our Kehi employees, we're helping support the work of Naomi's house through Kehi Cares partnership with the organization. Can you help explain a little bit for our employees how Kehi Cares contributes to Naomi's house? Yes. Oh my goodness. I am so grateful for Kehi and for Kehi Cares and the way you've partnered with us for years now. There have been several specific projects that Kehi has helped fund and provide us the resources. So the very first project that we ever worked on with Kehi was an underground water tank, <laughs> which just sounds so crazy, but we run this residential home and it has up to eight women in it at one time. And then we have a 24 hour staff. So it's a house that has people in it all times. So it has a lot of wear and tear. And when we first met Kehi Cares, I remember the team saying, you know, if there's a project that you need help with or something that is very specific, that is tangible, and we can pull our resources to help you, let us know. And I was like, actually, we've got this tank that's buried in our backyard that's who knows how long and how old it is. It needs to be replaced. It provides so much for the house and all the people that live there. And, you know, it's something we didn't budget for because we didn't know about it. And that was the first project. I mean, that whole tank had been excavated and replaced and it was just a big undertaking. And Kehi, I don't feel like batted an eye. They're like, oh yeah, we got this. We can help with that. So that was amazing. That was one of our first projects that we worked on together. It sounds super unglamorous because it was like an underground tank, but it was a game changer for the organization and for what we needed for that residential program. So that was amazing. And then following those years, Kehi has been really big on helping us grow and launch new programs. So we started with residential programming, like I said, in 2016. And every year following that, we have slowly grown to meet the need. So we worked with five women our first year. And then you heard me say we worked with 194 women this past year. So over seven years, going from five women to 194, we had to grow and we had to be strategic about how we were growing and the services we were offering women throughout the Chicagoland area and beyond. We work with women from all over the US. So Kehi has specifically said, let's partner and help you launch our reset services in Elgin, our emergency drop-in services that tell women you can come as you are. A lot of women that we work with in our reset offices, our reset programs are still struggling with substances or addiction. They might still be in a relationship with a trafficker. They might be in forced prostitution and they can come as they are with whatever they're facing in life and meet with one of our case managers, receive services, receive therapy, receive emergency tangible things. It's a really important piece on the whole journey for a woman to know that eventually she can leave the 
the life that she's trapped in and receive long-term services. And Kehi helped us launch just that this past year in Elgin, where we served dozens of women throughout the Elgin community and beyond, particularly Kane County. So without Kehi's partnership, without their vision of believing in the dignity of all people, there's no way we would have grown to what we have grown to even this past year. So beyond thankful for Kehi Cares. The topic of human trafficking is just, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, just listening to the stories that you're telling and that, I mean, you told one story of, you know, 200 this year and however many thousands, tens of thousands are happening around the United States every day. Some of our employees might be wondering, what can I do to help? Can you provide any advice for anyone who wants to play a role in preventing or responding to the trafficking problem in the United States? Absolutely. I have found that it's helpful to break it into two parts. So the first part is, I love how you said, is there a way to respond to human trafficking and what's happening to our women and girls? And the first one is absolutely yes. There are organizations like Naomi's House all throughout the Chicagoland area who do some sort of work with survivors. I will say that we are the only organization that has such a comprehensive approach that includes housing and um, long-term care for survivors. So jump on our website, look at ways to support us with your time or with a financial donation, or we have a wish list that people can order from Amazon outreach supplies as we do outreach for women who are still stuck in the life of exploitation. Those are all ways that men and women can get involved in terms of responding and doing something, especially if you're in the DuPage County area, you can come to some of our programs and do work on site that are special projects that we have from time to time. So all of that's on our website. Just go to naomishouse.org and just kind of follow through with what what is on your heart that you're passionate about and there's a way to jump in. But the second part of that question is what I'm really passionate about. And I think it more addresses how do we prevent this? What we have learned working with survivors now for years is that it is a complex issue. There are lots of vulnerabilities and variables that play into how women are lured into sex trafficking in the first place, how they are treated as a piece of property, how they're bought and sold over and over and over by buyers and sellers, traffickers and Johns or other names for those individuals. It's things like mental health diagnosis that are untreated. It's family instability. It could be their LGBTQ status and not being accepted for who they are. Lack of basic needs. Again, as I mentioned earlier, majority of the women we serve suffered from some form of childhood sexual abuse that they never received care or treatment for, resources for, substance abuse. Again, lack of education. All of these things play into vulnerabilities that make women and girls susceptible to be lured into trafficking. So if people want to prevent this to happening from our women and girls, we have to address all those issues, which can feel so overwhelming. Um, and it is. But if one person did one thing to address one issue, it would make a big difference if everybody did just one thing. So if you're involved in a local church, or if you have connections to different community resource organizations, or if you have kids in schools, any of those things, and you pay attention to those who are on the margins or who are maybe economically suffering or disadvantaged, and you just build into that one person or that one child, or you participate 
in one coat drive or outreach drive, or you just acknowledge that there are people who have needs who are under-resourced and you did your part, you will be preventing the future of children who could be lured into trafficking by addressing those preventative measures. And the other thing that plays a part into this is the music we listen to and the movies that we watch and the jokes that we make that have any hint of exploitive vocabulary or language or acceptance plays into teaching people and accepting the exploitation of other humans, which is just unacceptable. So when you hear or see something that feels exploitive or the objectification of other people, and we have to put an end to it. We absolutely have to have zero tolerance for objectifying and exploiting other people because when we don't do something about it and if we don't speak up against it and then we don't let people know that it's wrong, it just continues to perpetuate the cycle, which just brings me to my last point, which is that there are people who really struggle with sexual addiction, which fuels and feeds into the whole problem we have with the buying and selling of humans in the first place. And so I have a lot of empathy and compassion for those who struggle with sexual addiction and I would urge them to get help. I would urge them to speak to somebody about it and to look for resources to address that issue because you might just think that it's something that's happening in secret and in darkness and nobody else knows about it, but it actually is the fuel that keeps the economy of human trafficking alive. So if we stop buying sex, there will be no need for women and girls to be sold. These are all really great things, tangible things that we can all do right now. There's a lot that you can really do if you look, reach out to organizations in your community, your church, and other areas. Simone, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This was eye-opening. We're so grateful that your organization exists to help women who have had to deal with this and are trying to break the cycle and get out of it. To our employees, if you'd like to learn more about Naomi's House, you can visit their website, www.naomishouse.org. That's N-A-O-M-I-S-H-O-U-S-E dot org. And there you can find volunteer opportunities if you're local to the Chicagoland area, as well as just additional information about how you can play a role in preventing human trafficking. Mm-hmm.